Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, John.
Oh shit. Take my pillow. I've been on my own for long enough. 
This is Tuesday, December the 8th, 2020, and welcome to episode number 921 of the WCW, of the Mothership Broadcast of the WCWS Radio Network right here, of course, on TalkShoot.com. This is the one and the only WCWS Revolution. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw back on the line here with you as we get set to talk about our favorite subject of all time. That being, of course, professional wrestling. We, of course, will start things off with our wrestling news and views segment, which will be brought to us by our 2000, filling in for our 2017 Hall of Fame news tag team, King Ice, King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith, and the Iceman, Jared D. Dralmo, will be, of course, our good friends at 411mania.com. However, right here, Curtis, coming, uh, coming to us via the talk show chat box, Bringing us tonight's wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays here is the human suplex machine, John Gross. 
John, of course, is a two-time WCWS Hall of Famer. He is also, a multiple, of course, a, a multiple-time title holder in our Trivia Championship Series. And also, of course, he is, <clears throat> he is of course, part of the, uh, of course, of the group, uh, of course, a group that he did start, of course, in the title. I'll say it in a minute, ladies and gentlemen. He is, of course, the founder of John Gross's Sports and Pro Wrestling Incorporated on Facebook. Sorry for the tongue, it, little tongue tied right there. That always happens. In <laughs> but of course, <clears throat> we do have, we do, of course, uh, thank you, thank you for being on. And also, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, he, we will, of course, go ahead and bring and go ahead and introduce him. Even though I think he has probably stepped off for just one second. He is, of course, a multiple-time title holder in our trivia championship series. He is also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, a member of John Gross's Sports and Pro Wrestling Incorporated Facebook page. He is also the general manager of WCWS Fan Empire on Facebook. Plus, also, ladies and gentlemen, he is <coughs> one part of the broadcast team that brings you WCW, WCWS Sports Machine every Friday afternoon right here, of course, on TalkShoot.com. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, as I always mention, the man with Indeed the golden voice. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we'll go ahead and go ahead and bring him in here right now. I think he's returning to returning to the mic. Let's go ahead and bring him here right now. I'm talking about the one and only the soul man, Justin Lewis. Uh, John, Justin, welcome you gentlemen to episode, of course. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Good day. Thank you. Good to have you here, here uh, with us. Here. Uh, I need to kind of turn that sound down just a little bit there because it's coming in through here. Okay. Uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you care to join myself, John, and Justin on what will be a big-time uh, night of wrestling uh, discussion, please feel free to give us a call. The phone number, as always, is 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID, 138-055-POUND, the magic six numbers. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here this evening, which will include, in addition to our news and views, um, history and birthdays, we will, of course, talk about what happened, of course, last time on Monday Night Raw. Also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we might have one or two folks that may decide to go ahead and talk about what happened Sunday at NXT uh, TakeOver War Games. I will, however, mention that primarily that is going to be the focal point of discussion tomorrow night on revolution but some of us may not be here so if some folks want to talk about it um we will of course excuse me we will of course allow them to of course when you get tongue tied you have to yeah you have to go back to the porky pig every time you get tongue tied that happens to me all the time and of course justin doing the rock eyebrow doing like Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the host is sounding weird, he's saying. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, I'm just pulling your chain. <laughs> let's okay, so let's let's, let's yeah. go ahead and try to before I really go out of my mind here, folks. Nine oh eight PM Eastern time, of course, as we said, Tuesday, December eighth, two thousand and twenty. Uh seventeen days away to Christmas. So so like I said, if you don't have oh, Christmas oh, gifts, go ahead. Yes, and there's one for each man there as well. Hey, okay. <clears throat> anyway, okay, that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore I said that. Okay, thank you. Uh, in the meantime, let's go ahead and go to 411mania.com and I'll 
of course, bring you some some of the latest wrestling uh, news and views here, of course, here tonight. We do thank our friends, of course, as always, at 411mania.com for allowing us here in the WCWS Radio Network to read their stories on all of our shows, of course, including right here on Revolution, as well as, of course, uh, <coughs> Wolfpack, also Raw Radio, also Outside the Ropes, Power Hour, WCWS uh, This Morning, and others. Our first video, I mean, our first story tonight comes to us from Jeremy Thomas. Um, as apparently Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone appeared in a paid advertisement on Impact. Uh, let me explain what this, uh, let me talk about, let's just talk about this for a minute. AEW got a little bit of advertisement, I'll bet, paid on Impact, courtesy of Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone. The two appeared on tonight's episode of Impact in a paid advertisement hyping tomorrow night's episode of AEW Dynamite. The ad had a 1980s cable access feel and had Khan say that he could stop Kenny Omega appearing if he wanted to, but instead he's helping fund the show via the paid ad. He said that the only thing he doesn't like about it is how Omega won the belt. Khan said Callus is welcome to come to Dynamite with Omega and is really looking forward to seeing them, then broke down the car for Wednesday's Dynamite. He also said that he may check out some of the tag teams in Jugger. There are rumors that he may buy Impact. He asked Shivani about his time in Impact, and Shivani said it was one night that I quit the business for 18 years. Uh, sorry, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me for just one second here. Yes. I forgot to take it out of the car. It's still in my car. All right. When I get to the office in the morning, I'll put it. I'll put it in there, and then I'll give it to you tomorrow. Well, I'm coming in. Okay. Well, I'll, well, okay, well, I'll put it in the office, and then I may have to stop and do that before you go through right now, but I need to get it out of the car so I have room. So. Okay. Okay, all right, then. I'll talk about you tomorrow. Okay, bye. Bye. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I had a had a little small phone call there. I'm sorry if you had, had to hear that. Um, apparently, Impact actually put this on a Twitter account saying the following is a paid advertisement from at AEW, uh, at Tony Khan, at Tony Schiavone24. And there's a picture on their Twitter account if you want to, of course, uh, if you, on this Twitter, uh, on this tweet, we'll say, if you wish to uh, see that. Now, this is one that really caught my eye here, of course, coming into the show tonight. Jeremy Thomas posted this story here today as WWE is seeking wrestling collectors to show off their memorabilia. Hmm. Okay. WWE is looking for wrestling fans with some big collections of memorabilia to show off. The WWE Universe Twitter posted today seeking fans who want to show off their collection of prized wrestling possessions. There's no word on exactly what this is for, whether it's a network or cable special, a YouTube, vid a, a YouTube video, WWE.com gallery or something else. It was announced back in May that AEW is producing a tri 
Triple H and Stephanie McMahon host a series called The Quest for Lost WWE Treasure, but it is not, I mean, I, this is what they said here, but it is not confirmed that it would be for that show. Fans can email at memorabilia at wwecorp.com with a photo and some details of their collection as, of course, seen, as, of course, seen, uh, was actually WWE, apparently. I don't know why they put AEW down. Um, but uh, as it says here, WWE is on a quest to find lost but not forgotten wrestling memorabilia. It's time to unearth your collection of prized wrestling possessions. Email memorabilia at wwecorp.com with a photo and tell us about your memorabilia. The rarer the treasure, the better the story. And this was written by WWE and is on their is on the WWE Universe Twitter account. If you, of course, follow Twitter, if you follow that particular one, that's where you can find this uh, information. At. And I'm sure, like I said, we'll hear something from, about this from JD here, hopefully here, maybe here in a little while. Uh, <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Um, but Jeremy Thomas has our next story here as we have WWE's raw ratings and, view and viewership inch down. The ratings and audience for this week's episode of Raw were down just slightly from last week. Monday's episode brought in a 0.51 rating in the 1849 demographic and 1.736 million viewers, down 2% and less, and less than 1% from last week's 0.52 demo rating and 1.741 million viewers. The numbers represented the lowest demo rating for Raw since the November 16th episode drew a 0. A, a zero a zero zero point five one and the lowest audience since the November 9th episodes 1.690 million raw ranked at number four among cable originals for the for the night per show but daily behind of course obviously the NFL game on ESPN we've had a 2.45 demo rating 7.763 million viewers the pregame show 0 0.85 and 3.323 million and the post-game sports sports center, 0.70, and then 2.038 million. The hourly numbers were like this: at 8 o'clock, it was 0.55 demo rating and 1.852 million viewers. 9 o'clock, 0.52 demo rating and 1.775 million viewers. And 10 o'clock, 0.47 demo rating and 1.583 million viewers. And all I gotta say about that, what I just said. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Speaking of, we stay with some more WWE news, courtesy of Jeremy Thomas. As the as the theme for the Fiend Bray Wyatt ranks among the most hummed songs of 2020. And also, WWE stock is down. The Fiend Bray Wyatt's theme song is the kind that you can hum to, and enough people did yes. that it made the list of 2020's most hummed songs. Code Orange noted that Let Me In, which, which they performed, ranked number 26 on Google's top 100 hum songs of the year. Of course, as you can see in their tweet right here on this page, Billboard noted that the list reflects Google's best confidence for recorded music matches based on users humming and or singing. Recordings not associated with a single specific recording artist are excluded. 
Code Orange said this on their Twitter account. Right in between WAP, Baby Shark, and Let It Go. Let Me In is the 26th at Billboard at Google Top Home Song of the Year at WWE Bray Wyatt at WWE. And also WWE stock closed at $43.77 on Tuesday, down $0.53 cents or 2.77% from the previous closing price. The market as a whole was up 0.35% on the day. But JD's pants were not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, no, I'm just, no, I'm just, uh, okay. Good, he's not on, so I can say that. But I get away with that anyway, so that's okay. Uh, uh, um, he, cannot, he cannot do anything to the man because, because I am the man. No. <laughs> okay, anyway, Jeremy Thomas also posted this story right here, folks. We'll have, we'll just have a little fun here to break the ice a little bit. As this week's edition of AEW Dark is online, of course, it came on at 7 o'clock here earlier. The following, here, here were the following matches, of course, that was, that was, on, that was on the show. Sean Dean, Sean Maluda, and Ryzen took on the Gun Club. Ten of the Dark Order took on Aaron Solo, Peter Avalon versus Louis uh, Valley. Baron Black took on Sonny Kiss with Joey Janela. Brian Cage versus Danny Limelight. South Hira... Shahoon and VSK versus the Hybrid 2. John Cruz and Michael Nakazawa took on the Acclaimed. Diamante took on Tisha Price. Cole Cabana and Alex Reynolds took on the Varsity Blondes who was Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. Falco and Mike Magnum took on Jurassic Express with Jungle Boy. Uh, Freya States took on Shayna. Fuego Del Sol took on Brandon Cutler. Alex Gracia took on Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero in her corner. Skylar Moore took on Ivelisse. Big Swall took on Lindsay Snow. And Red Velvet took on uh, Danny Jordan. And, of course, of course, also, ladies and gentlemen, there was another encounter there in which John t- John took on JD and the loser had to be spent. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Okay. Yeah. Again, no one found that funny, so but that's okay. Anyway, um, Jeremy Thomas also posted this story here as this week's episode of NWA Shockwave. Uh, the live stream is now online there as well. Um, the live stream for this week's episode of NWA Shockwave is now online. Of course, you can see the video of the episode, which is described as follows. Hashtag NWA Shockwave rolls on with even more matches produced in conjunction with the United Wrestling Network. The matches that took place here tonight, uh, Camille took on Simone Cherie, Eli Drake took on Watts, and at the time, NWA Women's World Champion Thunder Rosa took on Priscilla Kelly. Now, I will point out, ladies and gentlemen, as far as the AEW Dark episode and this episode of Shockwave, the AEW Dark episode will be posted on the AEW US page, of course, a little bit later on tonight. And the NWA Shockwave episode two is will be up, will be uploaded on the NWA US uh, Facebook page here a little bit later in the evening, so that way everybody can always go back and watch it. In case you need something good to look at, uh, Jeremy Thomas also has this story. Tonight's episode of Impact Wrestling with Kenny Omega uh, um, appearing is actually going to be re- replayed on both Facebook and YouTube. Mm. 
If you missed the initial airing of tonight's big Impact Wrestling with Kenny Omega, you'll get another chance right afterwards. Impact at Wrestling has announced that tonight's show, which airs on Access TV and Twitch, of course it aired about like an hour ago, will air immediately after at 10 p.m. Eastern 7 Pacific on Impact's Facebook and YouTube pages. Here is the official announcement right here. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Here's the official announcement. Reigning AEW World Champion Kenny Omega hits Impact on Access TV. Of course, it started at 8 o'clock. Special encore presentations on both Facebook and YouTube at 10, 9 Central. In an industry-shattering first, ladies and gentlemen, the reigning all-elite wrestling world champion Kenny Omega will appear, will appear, and I think he did, on Impact, of course, on Access TV. Omega will join Impact Wrestling Executive Don Callis in breaking their silence following last Wednesday's shocking events on AEW Dynamite. Tonight's must-see edition of Impact starts on Access TV and Twitch. Of course, it did start, at, like I said, at 8 p.m. Eastern. The Twitch stream is free, of course, at twitch.tv forward slash impact wrestling fans can also catch a special encore presentation on impacts facebook and youtube pages at 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific so so like i said you'll have another opportunity ladies and gentlemen and we may try to get this on both of our impact us pages as well i'll see we'll, we'll definitely work on that after revolution goes off the air jeremy thomas also has this story as apparently now matt riddle files a motion to dismiss the Candy Cartwright lawsuit. We've been talking about this for a little while. Matt Riddle has filed a motion to dismiss Candy Cartwright's lawsuit that accuses him of sexually assaulting her. PW Insider reports that Riddle's lawyers have filed a motion on December, filed a motion back on the 3rd, asking the United States District Court for, Northern, for the Northern District of Illinois, Eastern Division, to dismiss a lawsuit due to a number of reasons, including jurisdiction jurisdictional ones. Cartwright, whose real name is Samantha Tavell, filed a lawsuit against Riddle, WWE, Evolve, and Gabe Sapolsky related to her allegations that Riddle choked her and forced her to perform oral sex on him back in May of 2018. Cartwright alleged that the offenses took place on a bus leaving Evolve 104 in Summit, Illinois. That afterward, Riddle took actions in which led to booking dates with WWE being canceled. Riddle acknowledges in the finding that he had an affair with Cartwright that began in April of 2017, which he initially denied. He says the affair lasted until his wife found out, at which point he ended, he ended it in July of 2019. He alleges that Cartwright had a hard time accepting the end of the relationship, and Mr. Riddle changed his telephone number more than once to avoid her calls. Mr. Riddle had no control over any employment relationship uh, Ms. Tavell had with Evolve or WWE. He denies the allegations by Cartwright and argues that the suit should be dismissed because it doesn't establish jurisdiction. The motion states that Cartwright is not, has never been a resident of Illinois, and that Riddle does not live or own property there. Thus, failing, claim, failing to claim that Riddle's alleged activities were purposely directed at residents of the forum. It first states that, that while Riddle was in the state performing for Evolve, the incident allegedly happened on a vehicle leaving the location, and thus his duties in at the venue were completed. Thus it argues that even if the incident happens, which he denies, that makes any professional connection to the state completed. It states that neither party should fall under Illinois jurisdiction, and goes on to say that the night in question saw a videographic named Joseph Ranta transport several wrestlers to their hotel in Michigan in his van, 
Carride initially called it a van. That includes an affidavit from Ronto stating that Keith Lee, Anthony Henry, and J.D. Drake were all in the van with Drake in the front passenger seat, Henry and Lee in the center seats, and Riddle and Tavell in the back seats. The GPS records from Ranta's van were, were filed as evidence. Ranta's affidavit states that by the time Lee, Drake, and Henry were asleep, it was after 2.30. It was after, let's see, it was after 2.35 a.m. that they had stopped at a venue to stay until that point. And during that portion of the, of the drive, they 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 drive two hours and 37 minutes to rent this house in Mason, Michigan. <clears throat> it argues the following. Based on Mr. Renta's GPS and Ms. Tavel's June 19, 2020 Twitter post, the earliest time the assault could have occurred was during the 2.5-hour drive between the Denny's and Portage, Indiana, at Mr. Renta's residence in Mason, Michigan. Therefore, it is impossible to state the claim under the IGVA for violence that, that did not arise in Illinois between non-residents of Illinois. The affidavit notes that Ranta was driving in awake the whole time to say any assault took place, though it doesn't deny it either. But motion also argues that car rights allegations failed to meet federal pleading requirements that bring them beyond speculation. And of course, you can read, of course, what that says right there. I won't go into that motion. Carwright initially filed the suit in Cook County in Illinois. WWE then filed a motion to have it removed to Northern District, to Northern District of Illinois, which succeeded. WWE has state, stated that Riddle was not under contract to them, then having signed a couple of months later, and then they were not involved in any way possible. So apparently, like I said, trying to, and Justin is working on the conveyor belt there. I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Thomas also has this story right here as the film as the filming plans have been set for Ring of Honor's final battle. Ring of Honor final battle is set to air next week, and the company has finalized his taping plans according to a new report. Fightful Select reports that town is being brought in this week to film final battle and the subsequent shows, with the pay-per-view set to tape this Thursday. Final Battle airs on December 18th and has the following card. ROH World Title Match, Brody King will take on Rush. ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championship Match, Shane Taylor and Soldiers of Savagery versus Bandito, Ray Horace, and Flamita. ROH World TV Title Match, winner of the Four Corners Survival Match, will take on Dragon Lee. ROH World Tag Team Titles, PCO and Mark Briscoe, Take on Jonathan Grisham and Jay Lethal. ROH Pure Championship match. Flip Gordon will take on Jonathan Grisham. Uh, four Corner Survival match or ROH TV title TV title shot. Tony Deppin, Josh Woods, LSG, and Dak Draper. Pure Rules Tag Team match. Uh, Fred Yehi and Wheeler Utah will take on Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus. Also, EC3 will take on uh, Jay Briscoe. Mike Bennett and Matt Tate will take on The Righteous, and Danhausen will take on Brian Johnson. And also, uh, Justin will take on Jim. Our next story here, folks, Jeffrey Harris has this story. Uh, Gerald, Gerald Briscoe is interviewed, is, is, is asked, of course, discusses The Undertaker's Final Farewell. Plus the process of scouting Brock Lesnar. The Wrestling Inc. Daily re recently interviewed WWE Hall of Famer and longtime employee Gerald Briscoe, who discussed the final farewell of The Undertaker in WWE and more. 
He also discussed discovering and scouting Brock Lesnar during his collegiate wrestling days. Below are some highlights from WrestlingInc.com. Gerald Briscoe on the Undertaker's final farewell. He says, I'm a big football fan, so I'm usually, I usually watch football. But last night with Mark, of course, Mark Calloway, the Undertaker, there was no way in hell I was going to miss out. I was emotional, and I wouldn't be telling the truth to say if my eyes didn't get a little messy last night. Paul Bear, a really dear friend of mine, I still got a message on my phone from Paul when he was doing an autograph show in Atlanta. We were kind of ribbing. He asked me if I was going to come up there and keep the bar open. I said, no, but I'll find you. I know what to do. You check in. He used to, in these hotels, check in as George Jones because George Jones was his main man singer. So, well, tonight I'm going to use an alias. What? Of course, Merle Haggard. How do you know? And I got the message all these years from Paul Bear, and Paul Bear was the one that actually set up my first Twitter account at WrestleMania in Miami in 2012. What is this Twitter stuff, Paul? And Paul had a Twitter account. I think he had like 30 followers. I said, would you help me set it up? Because I don't know how to do that stuff. So he sat there. He sent me my first tweet out. The first tweet on my Twitter feed is set up by Paul Bearer. Briscoe, of course, on Brock Lesnar, he says, well, number one, it, it did, take a darn did take a darn nuclear scientist to figure out this guy what, had what it takes to be a WWE star in college, especially. If you got three words out for Brock Lesnar, you were getting a great conversation out of Brock Lesnar. I was a personal friend, and I was a teammate at Oklahoma State University and in the same recruiting class as his college coach. I saw Brock when he was a junior in college, and he lost in the national championship. But he was still a beast. He should have lost, but he he shouldn't have lost, but he did. I wanted to bring Brock to WWE. Briscoe says I got a mental picture of him there, of what could transpire. But I knew he was a junior. And there was no way in hell I was going to call one of my best friends from college and say, "Hey, I want your guy." I think I called Jay Robinson. I said, "Jay, I know Brock is a junior, but I want him for WWE." And he said, "I'll tell you what I'll do. If you give me your word." He's got one more year here. If you give me your word that you won't distract Brock, because Jay Robinson told me this himself, Brock is easily distracted because he wants to do so many things. As we found out later in life, he jumped over from UFC to WWE and back and forth like that. Yeah, he said, I give you my word. Next year when he finishes the national championship, then a week after he wins that national title, I'll have him in my office and I'll put you online with him and I'll talk to him beforehand. I'll make sure he... he I make, I'll make sure he's nailed out for you before you even call. I might even have a bonus for you, and he did have a bonus. Of course, how the bonus ended up being Shelton Benjamin. And that bonus turned out to be Shelton Benjamin. So I got two on one phone call. I got the greatest athletes to pass through WWE through my friend Jay Robinson. I got Shelton Benjamin and Brock Lesnar. But it didn't take a brain surgeon to know that this guy had what it took. Sure enough, he did. Of course, I'm going to dispute Gerald Briscoe, of course. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, he and his brother years ago were the ones that brought in Hulk Hogan. So they could bring in someone a big big name like Hogan. They could set the turn and do that with somebody like Brock, and especially with Shelton Benjamin. Uh, Jeffrey Harris, our next story here. Uh, we have a backstage update on Braun Strowman and, of course, how he injured his knee. As previously reported, Braun Strowman reportedly suffered a knee injury recently. As a result, he was forced to bow out of his planned title matchup against Drew McIntyre at TLC 2020. According to a report from PW Insider, Braun Strowman has not been backstage at Raw in recent weeks, but while he is currently out nursing his knee injury. 
addition, the report noted that Strowman hurt his knee when he was in the group that caught Keith Lee during his dive at Survivor Series. WWE wrote Strowman off TV last month by having him get indefinitely suspended for assaulting Adam Pearce on Raw. Drew McIntyre is currently scheduled to defend his title against AJ Styles in a TLC match at TLC 2020. Jeffrey Harris is our next story here as Yusuke Okada is exiting All Japan Pro Wrestling at the end of the month. According to an announcement from All Japan Pro Wrestling, wrestler Yusuke Okada is going to be leaving the promotion after his contract expires on December 31st. His last match with the promotion is currently scheduled for December 13th at Corey Cuban Hall. The decision was reached after Okada met with AJ, AJPW President Taiki Ta- 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 Fukuda Okada uh, uh, is expected to become an active freelancer in 2021. He first joined the promotion in January of 2017. Blake Lavelle has this story here. As, of course, referee Charles Robinson talks about his storyline with Ric Flair and WCW, the memories from the last Nitro, and how he was introduced to uh, The Rock. This is a very interesting story right here. In a recent interview on After the Bell with Corey Graves, WWE referee Charles Robinson discussed his storyline with Ric Flair and WCW, memories from the last Monday Nitro, how he first met The Rock, and much more. Here are some of his comments. Charles Robinson was, was asked on his favorite WCW memories and, and also how his storyline and Ric Flair came together. He says, the biggest thing that stands out is when they had they had me do the little Nature Boy storyline with Rick and R. Got to work with some of the greats. I worked with Roddy Piper. I worked with Randy Savage. I was in the business for one year, and they put me into this storyline. And it was Kevin Nash who came up to me and said, what do you think What do you think if we have you wrestle a girl and you lose? I said, okay. And he goes, and we'll give you a Ric Flair robe. So that's what we have right right here behind me. I remember that because I'm working some of the most legendary with with some of the most legendary guys ever in the business. And they all have such a great mind for it. Randy Savage, he took the time to work with me in the ring and work to work on the match and make sure what he, we gave the fans was fun and entertaining. It wasn't meant to be a comedy thing because it wasn't. I thought the match actually turned out pretty good. He was just fantastic. The only problem I had the Savage was about a week later after my match, which was in a sold-out RCA Dome in St. Louis. Rick Flair and I teamed up to take on Medusa and Savage. They called it a mixed tag match. And I think they were saying that I was a part of the other mix. But, of course, Savage and Medusa, they were going over, and Savage was going to do the elbow on somebody. Rick Flair looked at me and said, it ain't going to be me. I have, I have volunteered, was volunteered to take the elbow drop from Savage, and unfortunately he landed on me and put me in the hospital for a couple of weeks. He collapsed my lung, cracked some vertebrae in my back, and my wrestling career was over. I was supposed to tour with Rick all summer long. We were supposed to do the tag. Well, if that if that would have if that would have happened, who knows what it, what it would have done to my referee career? I'm all I'm of the mindset things work out the way they were supposed to. On his memory from the last edition of Nitro, Charles Robinson says that was a sad day in Panama City Beach. I show up thinking everything's great, WCW's great. I knew they were they were struggling. Because of our houses were way down, there was talk of Eric Bischoff buying the company. So that's what I thought we were going to do. We were going to be WCW. We were going to carry on under Bischoff's reign. We show up and there's Shane McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, Gerald Briscoe, and all these other guys. It was sad because no one knew if they had a job the next day. 
They said, hey, everybody, everybody's good, but they don't need a whole roster of referees and wrestlers to come over to WWE. It's just not needed. We did that show. We cried. I did the last match, which was Flair versus Thing, which was so historical, so lucky to be able to do that. On how he was introduced to The Rock, <clears throat> Charles Robinson said, the guys, they were playing cards, and I had never learned how to play cards. I'm just not that good at it. But for some reason, I had a cup of water in my hand. I think it was Jack Dunn that said something to me and acted like I was going to throw water on him. He goes, you won't do that. You're the new guy here. Okay, so I throw the water on him. All the referees, they get me. They, they take me to a chair. They take my mouth shut. They take my finger in a position. The middle finger showing. And they put a sign on me that says, The Rock Who? They pushed me up in the chair to meet The Rock that way. So that was a lot of fun. He does this little he does this this little thing with his eyebrow. He did that to me. That was it. But it was so much fun. And of course, you can listen. You can check out, of course, Corey Graves' podcast called After the Bell if you want to uh, hear hear the interview he does with Charles Robinson. And one more quick story, ladies and gentlemen, before we move on here, of course, into our wrestling history and birthdays. Jeremy Thomas has this last story as Mauro Ronaldo talks about his decision to leave WWE. And also being grateful to the company and exiting due, exiting for his mental health. Hmm. Mauro Ronaldo discussed his decision to leave WWE, his time with the company, and being grateful for the experience in a new interview. Ronaldo, who exited the company at the end of August, spoke with Pro Wrestling's John Pollock for a new interview and discussed his experience there, both in terms of the good and the bad. And here are some highlights and also some audio on this page if you want to listen to that. On his decision to go to WWE initially, Morrow said, again, I want to thank Triple H, who, by the way, sent me a very nice text message after the Tyson pay-per-view. Yeah, WWE is, is one of the most mentally grueling places, and that's not necessarily a criticism by any means. There's a reason Vincent Man has built a multi-billion dollar empire. Is it perfect? Not by any means, but neither am I. And I chose that late age, late age in life, 46, to go to WWE when they courted me. That was a dream come true. I wanted to work with WWE as a play-by-play announcer. But I thought it would not only be an affirmation of my accomplishments and my achievements and who I am as a broadcaster, but because of the connection I had with pro wrestling going back to the very beginning of my life. One of the few things that my father, mother, and my siblings really bonded around. And so pro wrestling <clears throat> has always had a special place in my heart. Making it to WWE was very special to me for many reasons. On his time with the company, he says, Now I thought Jerry Lawler and Brian Saxon and I had instant chemistry, but they made the changes they felt they had to make. It's their company. I've proven I can work with almost anyone as a broadcaster. But yet there were many times where I'm like, what is going on here? Like a four-man booth, an eight-man. There was a picture someone had, had on Twitter where it was literally eight people on headsets. I get it. But that's not what I want as a commentator. I get the stressful situations. I get the changes on the fly. It's just a system there, but for me and my mental health, even moving to NXT where we were live, it was the best experience I could ask for. As a testament to what Triple H and everyone down in NXT has done, I just felt for my own mental health, and it was becoming more and more apparent during doing the show, even from home. On people criticizing him for leaving, he says, I know, bless his soul, Jim Cornette, and many people were like, how the hell can this guy quit a high-paying gig, high-profile gig, of which there are so few in this world. How could he leave? It was to the point where I could would have panic attacks in the morning of the recordings of the last few months. I didn't like, with all due respect, I didn't like what was happening 
with who was involved and with all respect to all announcers but i also believe in chemistry maybe i was the problem on show day i was i'm not a great guy to be around because i'm completely epping focused i'm prepared i expect everyone else to be the same and there was another reason i'm a play-by-play announcer i think well I'm, I'm one of the better ones in the business and i need to be left alone at times i'm being grateful to the company he says, I want to thank WWE for everything. They have improved my standing in the world. They have allowed me, I believe, to get other opportunities, the fan base and their treatment of yours truly, their support of my documentary. It was like my life filled with highs and lows, trials and tribulations. Sometimes when you know when the dream comes true, it doesn't necessarily remain a dream. Sometimes you're not supposed to meet your heroes. I am blessed I met everyone. I am so thankful I got to work with one of the best creative minds, one of the greatest promoters ever in Vince McMahon. Did you ever see eye to eye? No, but I think that was also a respect he had for me and one I had for him. He was his. He has his vision, and I had my vision. And NXT, and NXT was my vision. And unfortunately, like everything else, it just became too much for, for me. I'm at a stage where I need to be comfortable. Needless to say, I need to be comfortable. The only place I'm... The only place I, the only place really right now that I'm comfortable with is people that I've known for a long time, you know, in uh, Showtime. So, so and of course, like I said, this is coming from uh, Post Wrestling. If you want to, of course, the audio is on this page right here. If you want to, uh, um, if you want to, of course, go back and listen to, listen to that. There's way it's on the it's on the page where the story is on 411 Mania. But we do once again want to thank our friends at 411 Mania. For bringing us tonight's wrestling news review, see reports filling in here tonight for 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team King Ice, King W.O. Duarte Smith, and the Ice Manager DiGiralmo. They bring you all the news that's fit to print here in the WCW US Radio Network. And of course, if the news doesn't fit, they always find a way to make it fit. And of course, <clears throat> uh, Super Glue and Duct Tape, you cannot beat that old fashioned combination nor would we ever, we have never tried to do so in the past five years. So let's see what John now has, ladies and gentlemen, as we move into our wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays here uh, for today. Uh, let me see here. Da, 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 da. Doing. Okay. On this date in 1994, the WCW Saturday Night Tape in Atlanta, Georgia, Harlem Heat defeats a team of Stars and Stripes to win the WCW World Tag Team titles. By the time the match airs on January 14, 1995, the real-life brothers have held the tag titles for just over a month. Uh, let's see here. I believe. Uh, yes. On this day in 1997, two titles changed hands on both Monday Night War shows. First from Buffalo, New York on Monday, Nitro Disco Inferno defeats Perry Saturn to win the WCW World TV title. And on Raw's War from Portland, Maine, The Rock defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin via forfeit to capture the Intercontinental title. Saturday, Austin had nothing to prove to beat The Rock again. Austin forfeited the title without a fight, but stunned The Rock and repossessed the belt on to throw it the next night in New Hampshire in a river. After forfeiting the Intercontinental title, Austin began his quest for the WWF title by winning the 1998 Royal Rumble and, of course, winning it at WrestleMania 14 over Shawn Michaels. As for The Rock, he would hold the title for eight months until dropping it on August 30th, 1998 at SummerSlam in a ladder match against Triple H. 
On this date here in 2001 in Glasgow, Scotland, Psychosis defeated Juventud Guerrero to win the World All-Stars International Cruiserweight title. And that's the world, I think that's the World Wrestling All-Stars. I think that's what that was. On this date here in 2003 on Raw, The Rock makes his return to help Mick Foley against La Resistance. This is The Rock's first appearance since June of that year. Also on this date here in 2005, ABC announced that Stacey Cooper would appear on the second season of Dancing with the Stars. She eventually finishes in third place. And Justin likes Stacey Cooper's legs. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, uh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, anyway, of course, on this day in 2006, <laughs> WWE presents, of course, tribute to the troops from Camp Victory in Baghdad. Um, yeah, bag your daddy. There you go. The, short, the show aired on December 25th, 2006, of course, on Christmas Day. John Cena, of course, defeated Edge in a non-title match. CM Punk defeated Shelton Benjamin. The Undertaker defeated Johnny Nitro. Bobby Lashley defeated Hardcore Holly in a non-title match. Umaga defeated Jeff Hardy. Carlito defeated and Carlito defeated Randy Orton. Also on this date in 2008, WWE revived the Slammy Awards on a special extended edition of Raw. The first Slammy is presented by the company since 1997, and they've been presented yearly ever since. Chris Jericho won Superstar of the Year. The match of the year went to Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24. The Diva of the Year went to Beth Phoenix. The Oh My God moment of the year went to CM Punk winning the World Heavyweight title and successfully cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase on June 30th, 2008. Couple of the year went to Edge and Vicky Guerrero. <coughs> okay. Tag Team of the Year went to Miz and Morrison. The finishing maneuver of the year was Evan Bourne's Shooting Star Press. The <coughs> moment of the year went to the great colleague hosting the Kiss Cam. The extreme moment of the year went to Jeff Hardy's swanton bomb from the top of the Raw set on January 14, 2008 against Randy Orton. The Dirt Sheet won Best WWE.com Exclusive. Vladimir Kozlov won Breakout Star of the Year. R-Truth won for, for Best Musical Performance. Matt Stryker and Todd Grisham won for Announced Team of the Year. And Charlie Haas won Best Impression of the Year as he impersonated Beth Phoenix. He was called the Glamahoss on October 27, 2008. Also on this date in 2014, WWE presented the 2014 Slammy Awards on an episode of Raw from Greenville, South Carolina. Superstar of the Year went to Roman Reigns. The match of the year went to Team Cena versus Team Authority, the 2014 Survivor Series. Sting won the This Is Awesome moment for his debut. AJ Lee won Diva of the Year. Damian Mizdow won LL moment of the year for pulling the Miz's stunt double. The Oh My God shocking moment of the year went to Brock Lesnar ending the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. Chris Jericho won extreme moment of the year. Ultimate Warrior won surprise return of the year. The tag team of the year went to the Usos. Tell Me You Didn't Just Set Out Award was won by The Rock. Hashtag of the year went to RKO Out of Nowhere. The robbery, robbery of the year went to Daniel Bryan versus The Authority. Fan Participation Award went to Seth Rollins for You Sold Out. Dean Ambrose won Breakout Star of the Year. Rollins took two more Slammys by winning Double Cross of the Year and Anti-Gravity and Anti-Gravity Moment of the Year. Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella won for Best Couple of the Year. 
Sami Zayn won NXT Superstar of the Year. Hugh Jackman, of course, Wolverine himself, won Raw Guest, Guest Star of the Year. The Bunny won for Animal of the Year. The Rock won for Best Actor. <laughs> yeah, okay. Dolph Ziggler was awarded the Twitter was awarded the tw Twitter Social Championship, and the Shield won for Faction of the Year. Okay. Uh, our next story here, our next part here on this date, 2015 WWE tape tribute to the troops from the Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. The show aired on December 23rd, 2015. Uh, we have, of course, we have, of course, a couple of birthdays to talk about here. Happy 56th birthday to Chigusa Nagayo, Japanese competitor. Happy 63rd birthday to Slick, who, of course, managed guys like the late Big Boss Man, One Man Gang, the Warlord, yeah, so the late Kamal. Yeah, so That's it. Yeah. That's right. Money. Money. Yeah, I remember all that. Remember WrestleMania 6, of course. Uh, he did that in a, in a promo at WrestleMania 6. Uh, also, happy 52nd birthday to SmackDown commentator Michael Coleslaw. I mean, Michael Cole. <laughs> Cole had been in the WWE commentating, of course, business since 1997. And he made his wrestling debut in 2011 when he had a rivalry, of course, with uh, Jerry Lawler. Uh, of course, happy 38th birthday to uh, Jimmy Rave. I don't know if you read the story the other week or not. He actually had to have his arm amputated, unfortunately. So his wrestling career, sadly, is over with a little bit. But uh, but uh, happy 38th birthday, of course, nevertheless. And, of course, happy 34th birthday to former WWE Cruiserweight champion. Y'all probably know who I'm talking about when I say this. How you doing? Enzo Amore today turns 34. And now we go into S some, of course, uh, pop yeah, that's what we and that's how we describe JD. He is soft. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, on this day, the star of our pop culture history here, on this day in 1776, George Washington's retreating army crosses the Delaware River from New Jersey. On this day in 1863, Abraham Lincoln issues his amnesty pro proclamation and plan for reconstruction of the South. On this day, on this day in 1923. Uh, a, a a treaty is signed between Germany and the United States. On a day in 1940, the Chicago Bears beat the Washington Redskins 73 to nothing. A most the most one-sided victory in NFL history. First, actually, this is actually the first NFL title game broadcast on national radio. On a day in 1941, FDR delivers. Uh, delivers his day of, day of infamy speech to, to U.S. Congress the day after, of course, the bombing of Pearl Harbor. I was in 1963, Frank Sinatra Jr. is kidnapped. Uh, I think J.D. kidnapped Frank Sinatra Jr. I'm not sure. But. I was in 1966. <laughs> I don't know. Roger Maris is traded for Cardinals uh, Charlie Smith. On this day in 1980, Andy Leibovitz has a photo shoot with John Lennon, the last person to professionally photograph him before he is murdered on the same day. Ladies and gentlemen, that when we end 921 of Revolution tonight, you're going to be in for a very big-time surprise. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. 
Also on that same day, Lennon is indeed sadly murdered by Mark Chapman. Uh, Lennon's days were followed with a last interview on the RKO radio network. They left their apartment at 5 o'clock p.m. to mix Ono's 1981 soon-to-be hit Walking on Thin Ice with Lennon on lead guitar at the record plant studio. Mark Chapman was a fan of the Beatles. He was from Honolulu, Hawaii, and a former security guard. Chapman wanted to kill Lennon back in October, but had changed his mind and returned home. Chapman then waited for Lennon outside of Dakota in the early morning and spent most of the day near the entrance to the Dakota, talking to fans and, of course, the doorman. During that morning, distracted Chapman missed seeing Lennon step out of a cab and enter the Dakota. They were approached by Chapman, with Chapman getting Lennon's autograph of uh, Double Fantasy. At 10.50 p.m., Lennon had decided against dying out so he could be home in time to say goodnight to his son for going on to the stage deli restaurant with Ono. The Lennons exited their limousine on 72nd Street instead of driving into the more secure courtyard of the Dakota. The Lennons passed Chapman, and Chapman nodded at Ono. Lennon glanced briefly at Chapman, but Chapman withdrew a Charter Arms 38 caliber revolver that he had hidden in his coat pocket, aimed the center at the center of Lennon's back, and quickly fired five hollow-point bullets at him from a distance of about 9 or 10 feet. Lennon was hit four times in the back and shoulder, although one bullet missed him, missed puncturing his left lung. Lennon staggered up five steps where he said, I'm shot. He fell to the floor, scattering cassettes that he had been carrying. Chapman had immediately put in handcuffs and made no attempt to flee nor resist arrest. Lennon was found face down on the floor with blood pouring from, on, from his mouth. An officer asked if he was John Lennon. Lennon said yes. Lennon tried to speak again, but lost consciousness shortly thereafter. At 11 o'clock p.m., Lennon was carried to the Roosevelt Hospital. At 11.15 p.m., he was, sadly, he was announced DOA dead on arrival. The first announcement of John Lennon's death was announced on Monday Night Football. <sighs> Sorry. A game between the New England Patriots and Miami Dolphins was tied with less than a minute in the fourth quarter, and the Patriots were driving down towards, were driving toward a potential winning score. As the Patriots tried to put themselves in position for a field goal, our legend informed Frank Gifford and Howard Cosell of the shooting and suggested that they report the murder. Cosell, who had interviewed Lennon during the Monday Night Football broadcast 1974, was chosen to do so but was apprehensive of it at first. Sadly, there was no funeral at all for John Lennon. Double Fantasy became a worldwide commercial success and went on to win the 1981 Album of the Year, although it was poorly received by Lennon's murder. Ono released a solo album, Season of Glass, in 1981, with the album of a photograph of Lennon's blood-splattered glasses. That same year, she also released Walking on Thin Ice, the song that Lennon's had mixed at the record plant less than an hour before he was murdered as a single. Hinckley tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan less than four months after Lennon's murder, and that he was—he said he wanted to make some kind of statement after Lennon's death. <clears throat> and of course, now we go back to the histories. On his day in 1987, Ron Hextall becomes the first goalie to actually score a goal. Also on that same day, Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev signed a treaty eliminating medium-range nuclear missiles. On his day in 1988, Knicks set NBA record of 11. 11 three-pointers, and sink the Bucks, 113 and 109. 1990, the Cleveland Indians agreed to a lease to a lease new uh, ballpark in Gateway, which is, of course, now called Jacobs Field. On this day in 1992, NBC announces that Cheers will go off the air 
in May of 1993. I'll say in 1994, Daryl Strawberry is indicted on tax evasion charges, so they had to actually they had to take him by the strawberries. Ooh, that was bad. Okay. On this day in 2011, the NBA and Players Union reached an agreement to end a 161-day lockout, shortening the season by 16 games. Today, believe it or not, would have been the 77th birthday of the lead singer of the Doors, Jim Morrison. Uh, today, happy 54th birthday to Sinead O'Connor. We all remember her. And also, of course, today would have been the 95th birthday of, of course, one of the members of the Rat Pack, of course, the, the legendary Sam, Sammy Davis Jr. And uh, John actually has three more sports birthdays to talk about. Yeah, Mr. Bo James. That's my sin. There you go. We have three sports birthdays here as well. There's a happy 52nd birthday to Mike Messina, who played with the Orioles from 91 to 2000, and the New York Yankees from 2001 to 2008. Today's also a happy 45th birthday to Kevin Harvick. Of course, he was the man that, of course, after sadly after we lost Dale Earnhardt Sr. in 2001, he's the one that took over Earnhardt's car. He began his NASCAR start in 1995 in the Craftsman Truck Series. That would make his NASCAR Bush Series start in the Kmart 200 on October 23, 1999. In 2000, Harvick was signed to Richard Childress Racing to drive the number two Chevrolet for his first Bush Series season. In 2001, the plan was for Harvick to win the run, the Winston Cup part-time, the number 30 Chevy, and also full-time in 2002. But, of course, you know, like we said, on February 18, 2001, Tragedy struck when Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s death on the final lap of the Daytona 500 changed Children's plans, and Harvick would replace Earnhardt full-time. Of course, the car number would be changed from number three to number 29. Just two weeks after his debut, Harvick scored his first Winston Cup race, edging Jeff Gordon on March 11, 2001. That year, Harvick won two races and won the Bush Series championship. And also was also awarded the NASCAR Rookie of the Year, securing a ninth-place finish in the 2001-point standings. Harvick would capture his first NASCAR Winston Cup championship in 2014, just 13 years after his debut. He also won the Daytona 500 in 2007. Also, happy birthday, happy 43rd birthday to Ryan Newman. Newman started his racing career in 2000, and in 2001 he ran uh, he ran NASCAR events. In 2002, he won six poles breaking the record set by the late D.B. Allison. Newman won the Winston All-Star Race that year and won his first career Winston Cup win in September of that year. He would win the 2008 Daytona 500 on February 17, 2008, scoring his first win for Penske. On February 17, 2020, just 12 years into his Daytona 500 win in 2008, on the final lap of the 2020 Daytona 500, Newman's car was tapped in the rear by Ryan Blaney, who was running second, Newman's car veered across the track and bounded the outside wall. Bounded the outside wall. Newman was extracted from the wreck in 15 minutes and put him to Halifax Medical Center, where he sustained serious but not but non-life-threatening injuries. Newman survived the crash and walked out the hospital unhurt. Newman returned to racing on May 17, 2020. Of course, after the temporary. Uh, NASCAR off, of course, due to, of course, the pandemic. And John, that's all he's got for the history of birthdays here for today. So, John, we thank you very much there, sir. And once again, we want to thank 411 Mania for providing us with some wrestling news and views here tonight. Uh, <clears throat> 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, ladies and gentlemen, 
of course, on uh, Tuesday, December 8th, 2020, uh, episode 921 of WCWS Revolution, 1605-562-0444, caller ID, 138055-POUND. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, I am Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw, of course, alongside the human suplex machine, John Gross, and the soul man, Justin Lewis Fleming, who, of course, like I said, uh, who the ladies love, by the way. They love Justin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and now, ladies and gentlemen, I do think we do. I do see someone on the line right here, and I believe I see him right here. Indeed, he is, of course, ladies and gentlemen, a uh, three-time WCW US Hall of Famer. He's also, of course, part of the team that brings you WCW US Raw Radio every Monday afternoon, right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com, as well as, of course, every Friday, of course, also Sports Machine. On every Friday afternoon, of course, on TalkShoeWrite.com here as well. He is, of course, a multiple-time title holder in our Trivia Championship Series. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you catch him, if you catch a, a fellow here with uh, black hair and wearing a, and wearing a, uh, a ballerina tutu all, all the way around Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you know this is the man we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and bring him in here right now. You simply, of course, know him as JD, and of course, Justin was looking kind of surprised. So, uh, so, but don't worry about it, Justin. I don't, know, I don't know if there'll be that much to that or not. Uh, okay. Um, anyway, <clears throat> let's go ahead and bring him in right now. Of course, you simply know him as JD, but of course, ladies and gentlemen, his real name is the one, is the only, shall I say it? Yes, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo. JD, of course, welcome to 921 of Revolution. You got myself. John and Justin here this evening. And before I say thank you guys, I want to play this clip, however, and then hey, JD. Say, hey, Justin, what's going on? I think this is only fitting, and I will talk about this after I play this clip. I'll tell you my thoughts of this here. Oh, okay. And the reason why we play that is because of what happened 40 years ago tonight. It was a Monday night in New York City. It was 17 days until Christmas 1980. And the 80s, however, had started off with a, let's just say, a big bang, no pun intended, if you will, with a lot of things. The Pittsburgh Steelers won their fourth championship in six years. The Louisville Cardinals of college basketball, of course, had won the NCAA men's title. MASH was still one of the most popular shows on the television station, as was the TV show Dallas. And, of course, we had seen just a few weeks before the maybe most controversial moment in television history up to that moment of the infamous J.R. Ewing shooting of Larry Hagman's character, as 80 million people watched that night on a particular Friday before Thanksgiving. Fast forward the clock to two weeks later. It's Monday night, December 8th. The WWE is in Madison Square Garden doing a show. Monday Night Football is on ABC with Howard Cosell down in Miami as the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins are playing one another. And all of a sudden, 
We hear the breaking news just after 10.30, however, in New York City, as ABC was the first to report it. But of course, we did not know about it, and throughout the night, however, we did not want to believe the news that we had heard. As John Lennon had just returned home with his beautiful wife Yoko Ono, however, to their home to the Dakota, when a crazed fan, Mark David Chapman, or should I say, moron maggot, dickhead, clown, cock stain, uh, creepy, and callous Chapman, did the unthinkable. Pulling out a gun and at close range shooting John Lennon five times in the back. Fatally wounding him at first and then literally uh, making him and just not even anyone else but Lennon. Fortunately and thankfully, Yoko did not, unfortunately, however, suffer any bullet hits herself. But there she saw on the ground, however, in front of her own home, however, as did the entire crowd of New York City, the police and the people surrounding their home, realized something terrible and horrible had just happened. Yoko, along with people, screamed out for police to rush to John's side immediately and to take him to Roosevelt Hospital as we did not think, however, the unthinkable was going to happen. It was a warm night, however, and WWE was just finishing up their show at the Garden, so you can imagine people who were leaving the Garden probably were wondering what was going on in the streets of New York on that fateful warm evening. As a result, however, they would soon find out as they were returning home, and some of them were probably walking home, listening, uh, watching TV's glare, of what was going on in their city. Really, something had just happened besides the Monday Night Football game. And when they first saw the news, how probably got home, probably watching the news that night, probably didn't even hear the news, let alone TV, they turned it on and wondered what was going on. There they found out the news of what was happening in their own home city with John Lennon. At 11.45 p.m., shortly before midnight, however, the unthinkable did happen. As Yoko came out of emergency surgery where John, her husband, had been taken into surgery, however, to try to save his life, however, she was told, however, by the doctors there that her husband had slipped away at the young age of only 40. Soon, the world would find out within hours. And at that time, we had no cell phones, we had no text messaging, we had no internet. How we had no computers. The computers right. were being born on its own at the time. But throughout the night, our people did not want to believe what they were hearing, let alone seeing and witnessing. The next morning, it seemed like people woke up from a bad dream, that it didn't really happen. It really, really didn't happen, and it wasn't true. But as they got their morning papers from the New York Daily News, the Post, and the Times, they read the news that it did happen. Like I said, I was only three at the time. I would have been four the following Monday. And when I first heard about when I was very young as a teenager, I couldn't believe what had happened. And to this day, every December 8th, I think about that fateful day. I can only imagine how if I was that, but I was like in my teens then, 
compared to what I mean, I'm a lot older now, probably in my mid-50s. Some of us would have been in our 50s. But just imagine the people that felt hurt, anger, and just absolutely in shock when they heard the news about John on that fateful Monday night in New York City. Forty years later, look what has happened since that fateful night in New York City. We have gone through so much since then, and especially this year alone. Justin heard me say this earlier today, and uh, I'll get your thoughts on this before I wrap it up here. Get into discussion about a little bit about Ron and some other news to report. I can only imagine what John Lennon would be feeling now today, 40 years later. What the what life would be like, what he would say, what we've gone through in the last some four decades since that fateful night. What his reaction would be, what he would think. I can only imagine he would feel anger, hurt, shame, pride, happiness, but also just pain. Because we've seen too much pain already. December 8 will, no lo- will always be a faithful and very heartbreaking day every year and has been since that faithful night in New York City. And to John Lennon, to Yoko, actually to Yoko Ono, more than anything, more than John Lennon, we all feel your pain, what happened that fateful night. And we still do every year to the, when we celebrate the anniversary, unfortunately, of that very fateful night. But let's just remember one thing. John taught us one thing. Whether you love them or hate him, however, it was summed up best in one of his songs. All you need is love. And now, more than ever, more than ever, that's what we need, is love. So to John Lennon on this faithful day, I say rest in peace, my friend, until we meet again. Glasses up, guys. To, to a true, uh, to a true star. Music genius, an icon, legend. It's, it's no doubt about. Regardless of where he was at, I mean, Lennon, like I said, Lennon, like I said, was a uh, true, true art, true artist of the work, and of course, obviously, uh, uh, every year, of course, you hear a lot of Christmas music out there. His version, the original version of the song. Happy Christmas War is over. I think that's 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 right there. That's that is. I mean, I think uh, I don't know if it was Sarah McLaughlin or somebody did, re, redid or Celine Dion or somebody mm-hmm. redid it. I think it was her. But yeah. uh, but but Lennon and but Lennon and Ono, I think did it. I mean Lennon especially, but I think Lennon did it. Did it. I mean not not to disrespect the others, but Lennon was the original. Was the original, and I, and the original was always good. Just like this, like one other, and I hate to get off the subject for a minute, but let me mention this one, one other Christmas song. This reminds me of this, the Christmas song called Last Christmas. Back in the 80s, that group that George Michael was in called Wham did that version. And then we heard it here, I think it's several years ago. I think it was, uh, I think it was either Leanne Rhymes or Taylor Swift, one of the two that redid it. I think it was Leanne Rhymes. I'm not sure. I, I mean, that sounds right. Be. That sounds right to me. 
Okay. But anyway, my personal opinion, I'm not saying that she's not a talented singer. She, she is very talented. But you cannot take anything away from the original version of that, my personal opinion. I mean, the, the original song of anything is always good. But if someone tries to redo it, I mean, they do a fair job, but you can't beat the original. That's all I'm just trying to say. But, J.D., please go ahead and continue. Okay. Now, we do have some news to report. Of course, the viewership for Raw did 1.73, 1.85 the first hour, 1.58 the third hour, 1.77 the second hour. Meanwhile, in other news, of course, we got an interesting Tuesday night football game going on between Cleveland and uh, or Dallas and Baltimore. Baltimore's up 24-10 late in the first and third quarter right now in that game. Also, we have heard Michigan and Ohio State will not be playing their game this week. The first of four college games that will not be played this week, however, because of apparently Michigan's outbreak of the COVID situation. Other games this week that are not going to be played includes Ole Miss and Texas A&M for the second time in two years, Cincinnati and Tulsa, and one other so far. Meanwhile, AEW has announced, ladies and gentlemen, that apparently Shaquille O'Neal will be appearing tomorrow night on Dynamite with Tony Schiavone. And apparently, we understand, of course, however, believe it or not, that, uh, like I said, they will be, of course, believe it or not, however, announcing that December 3rd, they have a big earth-shattering announcement, however, as far as a very unique special on their final show of the year. Also, there has been talk, apparently, that the a lot of things going on, and we understand that tonight, however, on uh, Nashville, however, at Impact, however, we did have, however, I'm looking to see what happened right now, however, involving, uh, like I said, the whole thing with uh, Kenny Omega and Kenny everything. Omega. In fact, here we go. JD, as a matter of fact, I did, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I will let you know that I did report that they were going to re-air that episode as I think it's all been on the online for about 15 minutes on both Impact Wrestling's Facebook and YouTube accounts. Yeah, they're going to replay. They're going to replay the Kenny Omega episode here. That's probably yeah. I'm leaving house online. So they had to bounce because Kenny has something huge planned for tomorrow. Question is, however, what's it going to be? We also know that tonight, however, on Dark, however, is very, if we understand. There were 17 matches listed on Dark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got to ask you and Justin and John as well as this question. What do you think Shaquille O'Neal is up to? And what are they going to announce tomorrow night on Dark? Or excuse me, on Dark Dynamite? Uh, well, maybe... I don't know. Maybe. I mean, not, I mean, I don't think I don't think Kenny Omega announcing who his who his first challenger is going to be is going to be a big one. He's probably going to try to hype it up to make it big, but it's no telling who is who it's going to be. Uh, although John says he has no idea, uh, it could have something to do with his with his title. When, um, uh, of course, even Tony Khan is saying now he didn't really care too much about uh, about how Kenny Omega won that belt last week to begin with. So, um, believe it or not, they did like an old style, um, um, like they used to do in the NWA. Um, they had Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone do a paid announcement on Impact. 
talking about tomorrow night's episode, apparently. <clears throat> that was one thing Tony Khan said something about, but he was not crazy about how Kenny Omega won it. But he said he is that he that he's ready to that he will welcome Don Callis into the fold here, of course, on AEW tomorrow night. My my speculation, even though it's probably not going to be the case, but my speculation is going to be that Kenny Omega will announce his first challenger since he's won the belt. Uh, but but of course I don't know who it could be. I mean it, I mean. It would have to be a real big, in order for it to be a big announcement, it would have to be a name that we may have, we not, may not have heard in years. Uh, but, uh, of course, John, 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 I'm sorry. John was saying, uh, of course, what is, was, is Sting going to say anything? And, of course, what is Shaq going to do? Not our Shaq, but, of course, you know the main Shaq. Uh, we don't want to see AEW is back. It has, it has of course, there's been some talk as if Sting's going to wrestle. Obviously, he can't because of the neck injury that he suffered, of course, when he had that match with Rollins. Um, and, of course, he's technically he's retired. They, AEW did state for the record here, and I've read this last week, that due to, of course, that he's going to possibly have some, he's going to have some sort of role in AEW, but he's not going to wrestle. He can't take any more bumps. I mean, they, he says he's already he's already in the sixties. They said so. I mean, there's no way he can take really any more bumps. I think he's gonna be coached to Darby Allen. I think he's gonna be like a, a coach to Darby Allen. And plus, with Shaq forty eight, I mean, I've heard that he might do something with Cody, but I've also heard possibly the Young Bucks will take on possibly FT, uh, maybe the Bullet Club or FTR or maybe the Young Bucks. Like I said, the Bucks will take on. Uh, Possibly, maybe the Good Brothers. Maybe they're talking about doing that. They're talking about the Motor City Machine Guns, Ty Valkyrie. I don't know. I mean, does Tony Khan, with all his money and loot, get into bed with Impact Tower right now and just start to take Impact's roster to town and just strip it to the bone? I mean, just literally take it to the point where they're going to be lucky they even survive. I'll ask you all that same question. I mean. See the thing about it is, is that what would be an ultimate thing is that if they decide to do something to possibly try to combat WWE and obviously AEW and Impact are in are the two are the two biggest things right now are quite possibly. I mean I know AEW might be a little bit bigger, but you got to think about for the fact that if if if, if like I said, if you put two wrestling companies up against WWE and all and all that to, to you know, go toe to toe with. I mean, obviously, Impact would also be would be possibly uh, you know, next to WWE and AEW. Impact would be like said possibly next to the line since they start rebuilding things and everything like that. But seeing AEW and Impact together, kind of like uh, doing something, doing doing something. Of course, like to see to see if anyone would like that combination between uh, be, you know, with, you know. That would be interesting to see, even though I'm sure that's possibly, uh, of course, nothing more than possibly a small, uh, a small joke. But I mean, of course, obviously, some, some people may even kind of push push that story, push that to the point where you know what? Let's let's when we just give that a shot, put all our, all our cards on the table because we got something good. Both of our companies got something good and solid right now, 
you know, Vince McMahon right now has, is shaking his boots right now because right now half his half his his half his shows and people and all that. I mean, he's losing people about all the time now. I mean, he's almost to a point where he's a little bit weak. The only strong point they got is, of course, NXT, and and I know NXT wouldn't be able to do anything against against a combo like that. I mean, let alone the whole company, a whole WWE in the state it's in right now. Of course, it's not in a very good state right now to begin with. So, yeah. but but it's, it's it's no telling right now. It's just simple with, with all this going on here with this, especially in this situation. I mean. I don't think I don't think I don't think anything real big could possibly can go at this point. But I'm sure if they were at full steam, I would love to see a combo of AEW and Impact stars. <clears throat> and AEW and Impact really kind of take it to Vince McMahon and WWE and see what happens. I personally, yep. personally like to see that happen. I mean, will it happen? Who knows? But as they say in wrestling, anything can happen. But, uh, but, uh, but, we'll, but again, we'll just have to wait and see here. Now, I think, uh, JD, you wanted to, of course, now, now, I, as I mentioned, as I did point out here, I know you did mention this yesterday on Raw Radio, but I will go ahead and mention this one more time. Now, I know that JD has not been coming on Revolution on Wednesdays that often. Now, tomorrow night's edition of Revolution is when we plan on talking about the war games event. Now, if JD and the event, you cannot swing, make I it. Swing, yeah, I might swing by that, but I'll just say this. The war games matches were not bad. The women's war games was a hell of a match. I will say that first and foremost. It was a damn good match. You cannot say anything bad about that match. It was a good, good match. And the thing is, though, how it was entertaining, however, it was good. The men's, as much as I hate Pat McAfee, however, you know I can't stand that clown. I mean, they got, I mean, he held his own. It went 40, 45 minutes long. I thought Timothy Thatcher against Tommaso Ciampa wasn't too bad. The North American title wasn't too bad here, although I was kind of pissed that Johnny Gargano won it back again because he had Austin Theory and his screamed masked hoodie friends, if you will, which was a crock of shit, no pun intended, if you ask me. But it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, overall it was a pretty good war game show. I was very impressed with what I saw. How I thought it wasn't too bad, but I just do question how are some of the uh, things that did go on. But overall, it wasn't bad, though I will say. Well, I will also mention JD. Me, you talked about this on Raw Radio last night, uh, yesterday afternoon, I should say. I don't know why I said last night. Uh, that the thing, but Austin Theory helping Gargano win back the North American title. I'm sure, obviously, this was kind of this is kind of bringing a main roster storyline to NXT, and when I mean that is, was of course comparing it to, of course, what we just recently saw with the with Seth Rollins and Murphy situation. Yeah, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of does. They brought the NXT apparently. But Justin I mean, will agree with me on this, and Justin, I talked about this too. Do we need to have the Garganos shoved down our throat? Do we really want to see them shoved down our throat? I'm sorry. In my opinion, no. No, no. I mean, what, what is Triple H thinking? Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Johnny is talented. Kansas has her qualms, too. 
But again, we do not need to see Johnny win the North American title. Leon Ruff has only held it for a short time. Priest should have had it back. And Kansas in the women's war games is okay with her team. But if there was one standout from that team who looked good in the war games match for the ladies, and Justin will back me on this too, it was Raquel Gonzalez. She absolutely did a pretty damn good job. And if she wasn't on Kansas's team, I think she could have held her own and won this match with ease. No question. Indeed. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Rhea, Rhea, Rhea Ripley. Um, they're, they're, hurt. they're missing up Rhea Ripley, and they're missing up Shasi as well. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree with you there. Yep. Well, all, all, I, all I got, all I got to say, all I got to say here is, uh, you know, I think Justin, I think, I think you uh, said it best on the chat box on Sunday night. I mean, but I will emphasize basically to a point you were saying that that both of the Gorganos felt with their respective victories that they kind of owned that pay per view on Sunday. But the thing about it is somebody, my personal opinion, needs to really slap Johnny and Candace around a little bit and put him back into a dose of reality. Because like I said, you know, when you get cocky, like when you get to get to that point where you're, of course, you're a big top name and all that, and they say, you know, you're acting, you're acting this, this blamed cocky over a lot of things, you know. I mean, it's almost, it's almost, I don't know what's worse, both of them together or, or, or or the boy, Grandma Bailey. I don't know which one is worse. I think uh, I it's mean. Karen Bailey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, she, she, she's enough trouble for two people, basically, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but but per, by person, like I said, uh, by, by the way here, uh, uh, just, just, just in case Justin did not hear this before we go into, of course, our raw discussion here, and we have a few moments here. Let me go ahead and bring this to my to the attention here, Justin. Just in case if you did not notice it on the pay per view prediction center page, we posted this yesterday that we did not have an official winner of the Money Inc. Championship match between you and Mitt. So what I have done is I have given it an extension. They have until people have until this Friday for somebody to break that tie. If it's broken before then, I will announce it. But if it's not, with all respect to, to you, Justin, and I'm telling you this now because that way I want you to understand that it's nothing, anything, nothing, nothing on you, or or, or it's nothing, it's nothing on you. But I'm going to possibly have to call that match a draw. That means Mitt would hold on to the belt. So, if no one breaks that tie, so if somebody votes for Mitt, then Mitt wins. Uh, Mitt retains. But if someone puts in the vote for you, you win the belt. So I want you to keep that in mind. So it's nothing on you, but but I'm I'm giving it a fighting chance for somebody to do something with that. By the way. Uh, we did post a uh, poll on the uh, Revolution Radio Facebook page about what, what everyone thought was the best match at Takeover War Games, and let me go ahead, by the way, and give and give, of course, a uh, 
give, of course, uh, an update about that. Anybody can vote on this any time they wish. Uh, uh, <coughs> um, J.D. saying, he said poll. Okay, wait a minute. Yeah. No, wait, no, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Somebody just messed up my... Some no no seriously someone messed up someone messed up the opinion poll I had up here. Who in the world? Somebody just somebody just what the heck? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure what has happened, but apparently somebody somebody has destroyed apparently the opinion poll that I had up here for the best match at uh, NXT TakeOver War Games that I posted here uh, that I posted here on Sunday night. Somebody somebody uh, took out all, somebody, no, somebody removed four of the five choices. Who in the right mind? Nobody had, Wait. nobody had authorization, nobody had authorization to do that. No. Did everybody? Did have y'all have y'all seen it? Have y'all seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but did y'all know? No, I put five choices on there. I don't know why. I remember somebody somebody deleted four of them off of there. Nobody had that. Nobody had that right. I'm the one that created the blame thing. They left. They left one. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to repair that. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what happened, but somebody deleted, somebody, de somebody deleted the part part of my opinion poll. When I find out who it is and all that, somebody is going to end up paying. So no one. That's the main page for our main show here, and like I said, nobody has any authorization to do anything like that on on that page unless wait, they, wait. unless I. Wait, you mean, you mean you mean your polls, Chad? Yeah, no, no, no. I did, I, I, I did. Come that, come stop it for a minute. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I know, I know the way I said that. That's funny. I know. No, I, this was this was a this was a, what I call an opinion poll for everybody to leave their thoughts about what they thought was the best match at the NXT pay per view on Sunday, and I posted this Sunday night. And now all of a sudden, somebody deletes four of the choices on there. And nobody has taken responsibility. Huh. Not cool. So ladies and gentlemen, I, I, will, I, will, I will remedy the situation. I will add those back on there. And if anybody tries to do that again, somebody is going... Somebody is going to pay, and somebody is going to pay dearly. And I know these three guys right here would not have anything to do with that. The guys, I mean, I, I'm talking about JD, I'm talking about John, and I'm talking about Justin. I know you guys wouldn't do that. So I want, so if it, but I want y'all to do me a favor here, and ladies and gentlemen. I know I don't mention this on our show here, but I'm going to mention this right now. JD, John, Justin, I would like for y'all to do me a favor. I would like for y'all to keep a watchful eye when I redo this. 
if you if somebody comes up and says that they did this, I want to be told. I want to be told about it right away. Right. So they won't have a right to, to do that. And if somebody asks who put that poll up, you tell them who it was. You tell them that was the man in charge, and they're going to have to answer me if anybody touches that thing again. And JD, get your mind out of the gutter. I'm serious. No problem. And okay. I do have the raw rating for this week. They did 121. A notch below 122. Okay. And below the October November average. Oh wait, you talking about you you talking about chat 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 you're talking about um the, the um the challenges. No 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 no. JD, tell him what I'm tell him what once in a while. No, uh, what you, you would vote the, what, what, what matches you thought was the best match. Yes. Oh, you, oh, you mean the NXT uh, War Games? Thing. Yes, but I. Yeah, but it wasn't on the pay-per-view prediction center page, Justin. It was on the page for WCWS Revolution Radio, the main page for this show. Oh, that's why. That's why I posted it. I posted it Sunday night after that show was over with. After that show was over with, I posted it. <laughs> that's not yeah. a good idea. That's not a good idea. What the? Oh, no. Oh, oh, I can talk to the host? Oh, fuck a duck. That should be fun. Yeah, I, yeah I'm the host, and I'm the creator of it. Is there anything wrong with that? Uh, that's kind of curious. What are you going to ramble on about tonight? Let me ramble on. We don't ramble about anything. We talk wrestling here. I've been doing this show for five years. We don't ramble about anything. Still? Oh, Tim. Still waiting. We talk wrestling here. That's what we talk about. Yeah, that you 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 can literally call it Tilly Weeks for all I give a rat's ass about. I want to know what you're actually going to talk about tonight. That's my curiosity. Wow, what a jerk! Yep. What a, what a jerk! No, I think it was him that deleted those things. Oh, I think it was him, Chad. I think he, he was the one responsible for what we did with removing your, your NXT um, War Games things. He's gone now. What the heck? Is, what the heck is his problem? I don't know where he came from. Did he just do what I thought he did? No, he's on here. One the call, on the call ID? It must be a troll or something. He's he's under. He's, no, no. You know who that is? Hmm. That's one. Justin, that's one. That's one. That's, that's another one of John's guys. That's that Ron fellow. Wow, Ron Johnson? That's John. Wow. You know, I think, yeah, you know, I think he probably must be the one that took your um, your NXT War Games predictions off 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 um Chad. I, I, so no, I wonder why you, um 
I wonder why why, why um he called he called in the show. Yeah, but he's gone now, so that's good. I don't see him anymore. John, if you're listening, is that your buddy Ron? Got... Is that Ron Johnson? We'll have to ask John on this one. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 921 of WCWS Revolution here. I am 100% I'm being apologizing wholeheartedly here. Apparently here, ladies and gentlemen, first off, we're having a couple of difficulties here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I have been knocked off the show here several different times, and we continue to have some a few little problems here with this. Again, like I said, I will offer my extreme apologies for what happened here. Uh, I'm not sure what is happening, what's going on. But furthermore, I'm going to go ahead and say this for the record, that I am not, and and the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, the human surplus machine, John Gross, the Stoneman Justin Lewis Fleming and anyone else that has been a humongous part of this broadcast for the for the past ever since 2015 when I started this. I will not be insulted on my own show. I will not be insulted in anything related to WCWS. And I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna I'm, I'm, and I'm I'm gonna say and I'm gonna say this say this one more time if i ever get insulted ladies and gentlemen on on any of my shows here you can bet your bottom dollar that i will take action i am jd john justin everybody here knows how i can i am a really nice guy and i do everything Yeah, you're. I mean, the nerve.
ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, my apologies again. Before this all continues, ladies and gentlemen, due to the continuing situations here, continuing problems here, and my apologies to all of my guests here tonight. I'm afraid that, like I said, that we cannot continue, of course, with this episode because we're just continuing to have an audio difficulties and 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 talk shoot for some reason saying is saying I am on another device. I know for a fact I am not transmitting on another device, only on one, and that is my computer. So, ladies and gentlemen, my apologies again. Gentlemen, my humblest apologies, but I'm afraid we're going to have to just go ahead and call the show for the night. We are continuing to have some difficulties. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here tonight for episode 921 of WCWS Revolution. Take care and God bless here, and we'll join you tomorrow night with Outside the Ropes and also 922 of Revolution. Take care. And God bless here, folks. This is, of course, the WCWS Radio Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.